This is a Bergen Film Club podcast. Like an old movie, removed from the frame, I am floating and looking for someone to blame. Won't you project me on the walls of your heart? I'm waiting. The real thing to start. Hello. Oh. Ooh. Okay. And welcome to the real thing. I am your host, Joe Lawrence, and I'm pumped and excited and ready for episode eleven of the real thing. Here we go. This podcast is an extension of Bergen Film Club, which is an independent cinema in Bergen, Norway. The film club's main goal is giving a voice to those who deserve it, revealing insights into unknown cultures and showing awesome movies. In this podcast, I talk about the films included in the film club's extensive program of past, present and future movies. Is that right? I don't know if I said that right. But nonetheless, here we are for an exciting new episode of the podcast i'm in a funny mood i've been kind of sick this week but uh still you know delivering as much great content as i can uh last episode we were talking about who can kill a child and just wanted to say thanks for everyone who listened uh i was kind of nervous to do that episode i'm not gonna lie because it's kind of a controversial topic i'm sure but people uh showed up and came out and said hello and yeah I had a really great time talking about that. Actually, it was a, uh, like I said, it was one of the epis- one of the movies that I saw that really inspired me to have an idea for the podcast. So that was cool, and just uh, forever grateful for this opportunity to exist in the podcast sphere and hopefully keep delivering high quality content because that's all that really matters right now is creating content and being a content creator. This episode is also exciting and cool we are talking about the wizard of oz and this is one of my all-time favorite movies and one of the films that i've probably seen most in my life we're going to talk about it a lot later but in my life i think i've probably seen musicals more than i've seen any other type of film because that's just what I grew up watching, me and my sister, Daisy. We were watching musicals all through our childhoods and continue to watch them to this day. To this day. Uh, the Wizard of Oz is such like a magical movie and I genuinely don't think that I would ever get tired of it. I think uh, a lot of people hate on it and I think it's just because it's mainstream and it's cool not to like it, but there is... Okay, like, there is a lot of, uh, and there's an insipid history around this film, for sure. There's It's kind of uh, dark and a bit nasty. But the film itself, if you just pretend that none of that exists, then it's a heartwarming, beautiful film that changed the face of cinema forever. So, yeah. I'm excited to talk about that, and we have just the best guest today. I'm very excited, so... Yeah, 
I love doing this part of the podcast because all I'm doing, you've already pressed play and hopefully are wanting to listen to the rest of the episode, but I'm I'm still here just hyping you up, getting you ready for what's going to come, which is 40 to 50 minutes of excellent content. In Bergen Film Club news, I just want to push again that on May the 14th, we are showing A Human Position, directed by Andas Emblem, and he will be coming to do a Q&A after the film and present the film himself as the director of the movie, and that's going to be so awesome. So definitely, you know, if you're in Bergen, you're available and want to come to that really cool screening, they definitely come. You can check out more details on the Bergen Film Club website. And I hope that people will come because I think it's going to be, I don't think I know that it's going to be really cool. So I'm plugging that again because it's going to be cool and we are incorporating that into the podcast in a couple of weeks and that's going to be really exciting. So definitely check that out when the time comes. Uh, Similarly, our closing film this year is... uh, We are showing the incredible Metropolis, the silent film Metropolis. I've never seen it before, but it's just one of these like pillar of film films and it's going to be awesome. We are joined by the amazing Drone Henge, which is a which is a local collective band who are going to be live scoring the film jazz improvisation. Amazing fun times. Uh, more details on that to come, but that, that's on June 2nd, so hope that people are can check that out. Whilst you're also looking at the Anders Emblem A Human Position on the website, why not check out if you're available on June 2nd for an amazing cinema experience. Once in a lifetime, you could even say. But let's start the podcast as we always do with some recommendations. So to begin with, it's kind of a, a announcement slash recommendation. I've talked about Wise John before on the podcast. He is the legendary artist who made all of the music for the podcast, and he also makes incredible music himself. His album, A Wonderful World, came out in 2021, and it's an album that I found myself coming back to again and again it's it's great he is a great instrumentalist arranger but his lyrics and his voice are beautiful and i love wise john and this is not biased i can understand how this could sound biased but it's not i'm a genuine fan of him and it's very cool that we get to work together so i I guess i'm pushing that as a as a recommendation because i genuinely love his music but in terms of an announcement his new ep the mr love sunset show is coming out on may 5th alongside his single afterglow so please go and show some support to him i can promise that you will not be disappointed because he is very incredible and very cool and the music is great and all of the songs so far that we've heard from this ep are really cool and just go show some support and can't wait to see what John does wise John does next it's going to be awesome so thanks thanks to that dude uh in terms of 
recommendations for other stuff i'm still you know listening to the same podcasts that i listen to all the time my favorite murder last podcast on the left buried bones and tenfold more wicked which has just finished its eighth season so if yeah if you've heard me recommend them on previous episodes i'm recommending them again because i love them and they keep me entertained for hours and hours and hours every week but i don't know if this is a recommendation more so than an experience that i had this week i watched winnie the pooh blood and honey which is a horror film about winnie the pooh essentially the story is christopher robin leaves winnie the pooh behind when he goes to university and then they like start to starve and then they have to commit some horrible atrocities and they vowed never to speak ever again and take upon themselves to just like kill everyone and like a like a vendetta against humanity but specifically and especially christopher robin it was so bad it was so bad and the dialogue the acting blah 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 terrible however we know that i am a big horror fan and i'm a big fan of uh, gore and stuff and that was great i'm not gonna lie the kills were very unique and very special as they often are in these very low budget movies it's just a shame that the rest of it was terrible because i think that it could have been actually quite cool even though it's like a horrible concept because winnie the pooh is like the loveliest thing ever but it was uh i liked it honestly it was okay it was okay so it, it was like it was an experience i'm kind of i'm glad i'm definitely glad that i watched it so go check that out i suppose lastly i'm i don't know if this is a lame recommendation but I have returned to my comfort show that has just brought me so much peace and joy over the years. I'm watching How I Met Your Mother again. Probably the sixth or seventh time that I've seen it. But I, I just love it. It's like, it's dated kind of because it, there's a lot of uh, jokes at the expense of women and gay people. But if you just uh, pretend that it's not there, then it's funny. <laughs> It's uh, it's like, you know, it's difficult to view these shows that were very of their time through our modern lens. And I know that better than anyone to understand that. But it's just, it's comforting and it's good and it's like, has so many lovely moments and I think it's genuinely poignant at certain times. So, yeah, that's my, that's a, another recommendation if you need like a comforting, short like shortish episode long series to just put on in the background while you just like fester then how Met your mother is definitely the the show for that but those have been my recommendations for the week a uh, little eclectic as always but here we are but let's jump into the main part of the episode today we are talking about the wizard of oz from 1939 Here we are to talk about The Wizard of Oz from 1939. 
This is a, you know, an American musical classic fantasy film, which is an adaptation of L. Frank Baum's 1900 fantasy novel, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, amongst the several books that he included in this, uh, in that series. The film was primarily directed by Victor Fleming, who left the production for some time to take over Gone with the Wind. Um, and there was sort of like a lot of back and forth between the directing. This film is produced by Metro Goldwyn Mayer or MGM, which is an American film, television production, distribution and media company owned by now Amazon through MGM Holdings, which was founded in 1924 and was based in Beverly Hills, California. It hired a number of well-known actors and contract players. Its slogan was, more stars than there are in heaven, and soon became Hollywood's most prestigious film studio, producing popular musical films and winning many Academy Awards. However, in 2010, MGM filed for bankruptcy protection and reorganization. After reorganization, it emerged from bankruptcy a year later under its creditors' ownership and then was acquired by Amazon in 2021 for a 8.45 billion deal that closed in 2022. As of 2023, MGM is still producing and distributing feature films and television series. Its major productions include the Rocky and James Bond franchises. Not Rocky and James Bond, but that would be cool. Rocky and James Bond versus. Uh, And one of the most acclaimed series that it's lately produced is uh, The Handmaid's Tale. So The Wizard of Oz, I think, is a it's a story that needs no introduction, really. It follows the story of our lovely Dorothy Gale, played by the amazing Judy Garland, who dreams of a life beyond the rainbow as she's stuck on her little farm with her cute little dog Toto. And she's encountered with some kind of very basic things that she wants to leave the farm or wants to run away dreaming of a bit life bigger than her own and she's kind of plagued by this horrible neighbor that they have who wants to kill Toto and then there is a tornado and she's whisked away to the wonderful land of Oz and hilarity ensues and it's musical as we said and it's just a lovely film it's uh I believe the first use of Technicolor in a movie so the film goes this iconic amazing scene of the film when she lands in Oz after the house began to twitch and flew through the tornado, landed, and she leaves the sepia tone. The movie opens the door into the beautiful Technicolor land of Oz, and it's just fucking amazing. That's like it's me saying that as a kid, even saying that now, it I get chills seeing it. It makes me want to gasp. I can only imagine what it was like to see that in the cinema at the time damn like that that's movie magic baby that is so amazing it just features so many amazing songs follow the Olympic road somewhere over the rainbow all of the songs that each of the kind of companion characters sing: the tin man the scarecrow and the lion and the munch oh i want to sing them all i'm, I'm so inspired i love musicals and yeah however Behind the scenes, BTS, not Bangtan Son Yeondan, but behind the scenes drama. 
uh, that makes the film maybe not have such a beautiful, vivid, technicolor fantasy. Initially, Buddy Epson was supposed to play the role of the Tin Man, but was replaced by Jack Haley, basically because he was poisoned <laughs> by the makeup that he had to wear. It was uh, like aluminium poisoning, and he was critically ill in the hospital, and he was okay. However, when uh, Jack Haley took over from Epson, he just assumed that uh, he'd been fired. He wasn't told that uh, he'd been basically nearly killed, um, although he did get an eye infection from it. But that's makeup. That's showbiz, baby. The Like I said, the director changed a bunch of times. It was Norman Turog, Richard Thorpe, George Cukor... Victor Fleming, and then King Vidor. Norman Turog was first assigned as director, but he only did a few of the tests. Richard Thorpe was hired as Turog's replacement and initially shot about two weeks of footage, nine days, including Dorothy's first encounter with the Scarecrow and a number of sequences with the Wicked Witch, such as her res- Dorothy's rescue, although it's unreleased and includes the only footage of Epson's Tin Man, strangely. Producer Mervyn Leroy had Thorpe replaced after reviewing some footage. Leroy felt that the Thorpe was rushing production and affecting the performance of the actors. George Coco temporarily took over under Leroy's guidance. Initially, the studio had made Garland wear a blonde wig and a heavy sort of baby doll makeup. And she played Dorothy in like a very exaggerated childish fashion. Coco decided that Garland and the makeup had to change and told Garland to be Judy Garland to be more like herself, which meant that all the scenes that she had filmed already to be shot, reshot. And Cook also suggested that Jack Harley on loan as the fox as the Tin Man, so he was the one who arranged the guy to replace the Tin Man. Cooko did not shoot any f- scenes for the film, but he acted merely as sort of like a creative advisor to the troubled production. His prior commitment to Gone with the Wind required him to leave in 1938, when Victor Fleming assumed directorial responsibility. Then, as director, Fleming chose not to shift the film from the initial realignment. And as a producer, Leroy had already expressed his satisfaction with the film's new course, so basically, Fleming just kind of kept it running. And production on the bulk of the technical scenes was very long, very exhausting, and took over six months with the, most of the cast working six days a week and had to, revi- had to arrive like 4 a.m. to be fitted and makeup and costumed and not leaving until 7 p.m. the next that day or even later and if you've seen the film a lot of the people are wearing very heavy fairy costumes and it was very hot allegedly on set um so that must have sucked a very famous scene and shout out to my mum Jill Lawrence, uh, mother of the podcast, for telling me all about this scene. When the Wicked Witch initially appears, she then disappears from Munchkinland, and she disappears in a plume of smoke and fire. Uh, But practically, this was done by lowering her into the ground. Um, And the first take went well, but on the second take, the burst of fire came too soon. And basically set fire to this poor actress's face paint, the green face paint, and she got third degree burns on her hands and face. Three months of recuperation before coming back to work. 
and like the makeup had to be removed using acetone because it it was toxic and yeah like just you know a lot of uh, a lot of bad stuff and there was a whole series of abuse allegations towards the poor Judy Garland which we're all too familiar with that they went to huge extreme lengths to change her appearance including binding down her chest giving her benzedrine tablets to keep her weight down along with uppers and downers to that basically keep her peppy and then power her down when they needed her to and the whole sort of uh yeah there was a lot of like abuse on set from the other actors to judy garland and that the director victor fleming actually slapped her during the introduction scene of the cowardly lion because judy couldn't stop laughing at it because it was funny when the scene was done fleming reportedly very ashamed of himself ordered the crew to punch him in the face and judy garland kissed him instead Claims have been made in memoirs that the frequently drunk actors preparing the munchkins propitioned her and put and pinched her and grabbed her and groped her. And there's also a whole thing about them like just causing absolute mayhem, the actors who played the munchkins in, in the hotel that they were staying in. But nonetheless, this film is really a fight of good and evil, self-doubt versus self-confidence. And that the whole thing is that like you as a human being you basically you possess what you think you lack basically you can't like you can't go out and like get courage you can't go out and get smart well you can't be can't and you can't go out and um have a heart you can't go and get a heart it's already in you and that's just like i think what makes the film so poignant and it's just a story that will forever stand the test of time really because it's just very human and gets to the the bottom of everyone now i have the absolute pleasure of welcoming my own sister on the podcast because who else better to talk about growing up watching musicals with than the person who i grew up watching musicals with daisy is my hero she's my friend she's my enemy but she's not my enemy she's my best friend and i'm very excited to have her on the podcast to talk all, all about this. She loves musicals and I love her. So here is the interview with the legendary Daisy Allen Lawrence. Yeah. Hi everyone, it's me, Goth. Just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Sorry I couldn't be here, but Daisy's in my place. I love The Wizard of Oz, but I hate Harry Potter. Okay, bye. <laughs> That was really good. Did it sound like a? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, Daisy. Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. Okay. I'm really excited to have you on the podcast, actually. I'm really honoured to be here. Are you a... Do you listen? <laughs> That's a good way to start. Do you listen to the podcast as a supportive sister? Um... I've listened to one episode. Really? The one on the craft. Oh yeah, okay. And I actually enjoyed it. Um You actually enjoyed it. Well, I I was doing uni work alongside it, so whether I was fully concentrating on it, I don't know, but you know, it was good. That's nice to know. Yeah, I haven't listened to any other ones though, so Well, you've officially listened to one more episode than our father has listened to, so anyway. 
um so we've established that you don't listen to the podcast but thanks for coming on anyway i'll i'll listen to this episode because it's got a really funny girl in it but apart from that no yeah that's okay yeah so today i've brought you on to talk about the wizard of oz oh my god no way i didn't know that yeah um and i guess i'll just start with how i start with everyone is to ask them why that they like this movie um well i'm a big uh, musical theater fan uh, as you know as I my fans know. will know um all the people listening right now um and you know it's just one of them classic ones really it's it's pretty amazing it's black and white and then it's in color and you know <laughs> that, that just blows my mind every time yep um the music's good the set's amazing it's just a classic yeah i was saying like uh like in my introduction to this that i think this is one of the films that you and me have probably seen the most out of any film i feel like i've seen it so many times really yeah i feel like i've seen it like a good five times no no come on we've seen it Yo, we have we have watched puss in boots more than we've seen this film yeah yeah but still it's like we've still seen it many times but we've seen puss in boots so many times because it it got, got stuck, stuck in, in <laughs> it got the dvd got stuck in my television and then i just watched it every single night for about three months well we just had no other option but it's a good film so it was a good option yeah, I just want to put out there now that, yes, I say film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Joe will say movie. I, I'm, like, changing between the two all the no, time. No, okay, so if you hear me say film, that is the correct way of pronouncing film. Oh, oh, film. Film. Film, yeah. I got told it was Scottish yesterday, and I was like, I'm not from oh, Scotland. Really? So, really? yeah. Anyway. All right, well... That's another reason why I've got Daisy on the podcast, so she can just berate me for the way that I speak the entire episode. Yeah, because Joe does American accents now that he's uh, not in England. I went to international school, Daisy. No, you didn't. You went to a school <laughs> in the Northeast. Yeah, but I go to international school now. What's your favourite song from The Wizard of Oz? Oh, that is a good question. I really like... I've already forgot what it's called. Which when one? they're in Oz... The wonderful, you know, when they like like do our makeup and change our dress, and there's a horse of a different color, but all the horses are different sizes. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, why is that one? I literally kind of remember. I've just no, I, just I know the myself. tune. Sing brush, it. brush here, brush, brush there. Brush, brush here. That's how brush, brush we said the day away in the wonderful, do, do, do. wonderful land of us. So we wish the day away in the wonderful. Oh. <laughs> That's not the words. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's a good one, though. Yeah, that is good. Because uh, <laughs> that, one like so, a... that one's my favorite song, even though I can't remember the name of it, the tune, or the words. But that's like a really cool scene because it's like a lot. Like you see all the different sets and stuff, and yeah. it's like moving a lot. It's good, good directing. Yeah. yeah, and the inside of the Emerald City is like crazy. Yeah, green. It's, Everyone's wearing yeah. like crazy clothes. Yeah, it's just, it feels very modern for such an old film. Yeah. It's like quite uh, a futuristic set. For sure. For uh, sure. Did you know did you know that the director of this film also directed Gone with the Wind? No, but I can see parallels now. I love Gone with the Wind. Can we talk about Gone with the Wind? Yeah. What parallels do you see between the Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind? The slavery? Um, they're both they're both old. Um mm-hmm. 
they both have female leads. True. And the sets are very similar. It's like such a widescape. And then obviously like they like paint the backdrop because I like that. They should bring that I back. love that. Yeah. It's so yeah. fun. Like uh optical illusion. Yeah. But uh speaking of kind of the painting sets, um, I remember that you were talking to me about like the in the I background of one oh. of the you can see a it said that you can oh, see. Oh, like okay. A, so yeah. apparently that isn't true. It's not true, um, but you can tell it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, um when they're in the scary forest, when they meet the cowardly lion, mm-hmm. it is supposed that you can see one of the munchkins. I don't know if I can say this. Um yeah. hanging from a tree. Yeah. As in Dead. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently it's not true. It could be. Maybe they're just trying to hide it even more. But yeah. To be it's fair, I think I saw that on TikTok. So it's probably not true. Uh, but yeah, it's like, it has a really crazy, which I feel like I was like saying this in the intro that it's, you just sort of like, because the film is so lovely. <laughs> and yeah. It has such a nice story and everything. And the acting is so sweet that you just want to like pretend that none of, of that exists. That all that horrible yeah. stuff that Judy Garland, you're like, Haha, <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Oh, Dorothy. Dorothy's so cute. It's not like it started Judy Garland off on the downward spiral of her entire life. I'm off the deep, deep end. Yeah. I'm gonna do drugs. Anyway. Yeah, but then if that didn't happen, then Renee Zellweger wouldn't have been able to make a movie of it and win an Oscar. So true. So yeah. every cloud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Renee Zellweger finally got her Oscar. True. And do you know what? I don't think that um Liza Minnelli would be half the woman she is today if him and no. had gone through that. So again, yeah. thank you for your sacrifice, Judy. Yeah. Speaking well, kind of related, I guess if we're gonna sort of segue to just talk about musicals in general, because I guess that's yes. why you're here. Yeah. Um Chicago. Oh, Renee's, amazing. Has Renee Zellweger in it? Yeah, won Catherine a lot Zeta-Jones. of Oscars. It did win a lot of Oscars. Catherine Zeta yeah. Jones won. Yeah. Renee didn't. Fun false fact again. Um, Everyone always says that Catherine Zeta Jones was pregnant when she performed I Can't Do It Alone Um, in the yeah. movie. Yeah, that's not true. But everyone just says it. Okay, well, that's a fun yeah. like fake fact, I guess. If it, if it was true, it would be a really fun fact. But, you know, so... <laughs> but yeah you like uh i like we both love musicals and i think we've always both been huge fans of like any sort of dance scene yeah oh yes in any film but daisy yeah. was really before i watched chicago because i only watched it like a few years ago yeah. you were you... obsessed yeah like it's brilliant it is brilliant, but you were fully listening to the soundtrack without having seen the film. No, yes. Yeah, so we were on holiday and yeah, I right. discovered the soundtrack and I used all of my mobile data on listening to it on YouTube because I didn't have Spotify or Apple Music. Yeah. Um, And then I would connect it to the car on holiday. And th- that is how Joe led all the words to um, Roxy Star. Heart. Um, Heart, sorry. Fig fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I got home and I watched it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is quite good." But the music is is excellent. I think it I've only excellent. seen it twice. 
Really? I love it so much and I, yeah, I haven't seen it more than two times. I think I've seen it twice now within three years. Yeah. But it is great. It is great. But it's one of these like uh, recent musicals. That I think yeah. just sort of like like reinforce how good musical is as a genre if it's like done well. Yeah, I think you obviously need a lot a high budget to do a musical well because you need all the costume, the set, the choreographers. Mm-hmm. And if there's not more than like ten people doing a dance scene, then there's no point doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. La La Land. Oh, excellent! Saw it three times in cinema. Me too. Watched it once that. at home. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I watched it once at home and I haven't watched it since because it breaks my heart. Me and you saw it in the cinema. Yeah. Yeah, we did. That was yeah, like the did. last time that I went. Because uh, oh. if I remember correctly, it's because uh, you were supposed to go with your friends and then uh, they cancelled. Was I? Yeah. Oh my God, I don't remember that. Why would you bring that up? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah I just remember that you were supposed That's to go with so your friends. That's so sad. The gym. And then... Why are you telling people that? Yeah, but then you went with me and we had a great time. Yeah, we did have a good time. There was like no one in the cinema. Was that right at the back? I, I lay down. It was lovely. Yeah, but yeah. I I love La La Land. Like yeah, that was a uh, because there's been lots of films that I've seen three times in the cinema, mm-hmm. and two. That's I saw Suspiria three times in the cinema, but I, I went three times because I didn't pay for any of the times. Oh, I saw not because Did you I go illegally. No, no, not because I went illegally. It's because I got a free ticket, and I went with Dad, and then I went with one of my friends who owed me a ticket. Oh, fun. And I saw The Last Jedi in the cinema three times. Uh, but that was because I had like a clash of plans and I didn't want to cancel on anyone. So I just lied to everyone and said that I hadn't seen them. I just kept seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. Did and you that see was The Last ex- Jedi? We did see The Last Jedi. I yeah. pretended that I hadn't seen it. Oh, that's fair enough. And I go, mm-hmm. oh my God. Wow. Wow. Han Solo. Is he in that one? No, he died. Oh, rip. Um, Yeah. And then La La Land. But I was like happy to pay all those times because yeah but that is a frustrating film because i don't think i've ever watched it since i saw it in the cinema no i can't put myself through it it's too sad i know and the fact that they're like this is just what real life is like i'm just like no because in real life they wouldn't be together yeah 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 that's great but so part of the research kind of the main point of this episode is i wanted to talk about because you know, growing up, our mother subjected us to a lot amazing of amazing uh, musicals. Yes. Also Nana, I suppose, by extension, because yes. Nana yep. is a huge musical fan. Mm-hmm. That's grandma, if anyone was wondering what Nana meant. That is the mother of my mother, Yes. in case you're confused. Um, but part of the research for this episode that Ingrid and Mamina did was that... Shout out uh, to Ingrid and Mamina. Literal shower, they're great. Um, I've never met them or spoken to them, but I love them already. So yeah. Uh the musicals were like the thing. Like we were talking about MGM, like the lion uh one. Rawr. Yeah. They <gasps> like you know, Annie. Was... Yeah, they did yeah. they did Annie and they did all of those like huge, amazing musicals at yeah. the time. But then like as time has gone on. There's just less and less because there used to be so many musicals. It was like 60 yeah. a year or something. And then now it's like, I think there's uh, one of the recent years, it was like nine or something. And one of them was like a straight to DVD thing. Not, uh, I do not like that. 
in your professional opinion Daisy Lawrence why do you yes, think as a student is why do you think that musical sort of fell by the wayside uh, as cinema evolved um well one thing I would say is that people kind of got this thing that liking musicals was a bit embarrassing yeah I feel like it used to be very mainstream everyone loved a musical they were like the number one movie genre and then for some reason as time passed they were like ew that's so cringe like stop singing about your feelings and it's like embarrassing to listen to musicals I'd also say that uh, new musicals that have been created for this stage haven't really been I don't want to say good enough because obviously I'm not I don't have any of the talent they have, but not necessarily being good enough well, to move to the screen. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I'm talking about, you won't know these, but like being more chill. Uh, even Dear Evan Hansen. I don't know why they made a film out of that. <sighs> yeah. And then even like The Prom, they made it into film, but they put it straight on Netflix. I watched that. Yeah. And also they did, they did a really bad job. When yeah. the girl is singing about homophobia in her hometown, she's smiling in the film. Yeah. Why Why is she happy about that? Why is she happy she can't go to prom with her girlfriend? She's like, everybody hates me because I'm gay. Like, no, this isn't a happy song. <laughs> yeah, but... And uh... then also, sorry, another interjection. They keep casting people because they're famous, not because they have talent. Now... Example, The Prom. Meryl Streep, amazing. She can be in anything. I don't care. She can do what she wants. She's Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. But James Corden? I didn't see Cats, but I can say now, James Corden should never be in a musical again. But he was in Into the Woods, and I heard that he wasn't so bad in that. No, but he was the worst out of everyone in Into the Woods. Okay, fine. And he wasn't the only non-musical theatre performer in it. Emily Blunt, amazing. She did a great job. Taylor Swift. No, that's cats. That's cats. But uh, yeah, it was just okay. it said like, like, okay, thanks, Stacey. <laughs> that's, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. But we were reading that it was sort of like just that's just the way the cinema went. That like, um, it was sort of an adaptation to a change in market that they just didn't fit into. Like, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it, but apparently this is the plot of Singing in the Rain. I've seen Singing in the Rain. That like he can't adapt to the new style of film so he just does musicals or something no um no it they, they do silent movies and then talking oh, pictures came out yeah and they have to change it but then the woman it, who is in all of the silent movies because she's so pretty has a horrible voice okay so they have to dub over this this wee little mousy girl who's never been on the big screen and she does the voiceovers for the pretty woman who has a horrible voice that is such a cool story. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> I should see it. But, um... Oh my God, and then there's a bit, it's really good. She's singing, singing in the rain in front of the audience and then the Marty Gills behind the curtain singing it for her. Yeah. Because she has a horrible voice and then they open the curtains and she's like... Yeah. Just like yeah. Um, Rebecca Ferguson in The Great Showman. Yes, very true. Yeah. Don't cast um... people in musicals if they can't sing. I'm just saying it now, Okay. Yeah, because that that's just what you were saying. That like they're just doing it for like the clout of like, oh look at this celebrity is in this movie, but then it's like not the yeah the singing voice is different. Mm-hmm. Like High School Musical one. We don't talk about that. Why? That's, musical is that, in the name. They're all singing. What do you mean? 
we're, we're, okay, we're going to get no, to the musical. Wait, we're going to get okay, to the musical. Okay, sorry, sorry. I'm just very passionate about this subject. But like, uh, it just said that like, as it evolved, like a cinema evolved, people kind of got more excited with the more exciting storylines and yeah. better visual effects and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it just wasn't yeah. contemporary anymore. And But then, even though it wasn't like a whole bulk of musicals all the time, then I think then, in that period, whilst they were sort of on the decline, we got mm-hmm. some of the best musicals. Name some. I will tell you. Evita. <gasps> okay, this is when Andrew Lloyd Webber was like, guys, okay, you don't like musicals anymore? Let me change the scene. Let me make the I'm best gonna... musical ever. Let me write Joseph. Let me write Phantom of the Opera. Let me write Evita. Mm-hmm. These are all musicals, but with a very pop-like score. So pop-like that the like soundtracks would often be in the top 40 charts on the radio. He somehow managed to make musicals cool again and make normal people listen to them. Normal people? That was kind of mean. I mean, non-musical theater fans. Losers. Losers? Yeah. Lamos. Lamos? Lamos is so good. I don't like it. It's I don't like Lamos. No, you haven't even seen it properly. Yeah, I have, I think. I've seen like 70% of it. It's too Wait. much. It's I know this is controversial to say about a musical. It's too much singing. But that is the musical. But not everyone is good in Les Mis. Joe, Evita is all singing. Yeah, but Evita's so good. Evita is so good. Do you know why? Madonna's like, in it. Madonna is in it and she is... Did she win an award for that? I don't know because people weren't happy about her doing it. Let me Let me have a look. Because it's got it's got Madonna, it's got Antonio Banderas, also known as Puss in Boots. I had to let it happen. Uh, awards. I had to change. It's got the man from the Pirates in the Caribbean in it. <laughs> I'm sure he's oh, like sh- some. He's a famous actor, but I also have no idea who he is. No, I can't remember his name. She won a Golden Globe. Good for her. For she best best actress. But the musical, the musical community were very happy because she changed a lot of the um, keys for the songs to make them a bit easier to sing. She was wearing those pointy bras. Yeah, she just, she wasn't. In the movie. But uh, it made the film very popular, so. Yeah, but she's like, she is incredible in that movie, so she she should do what Jonathan she... Jonathan Price, that is the man from okay just for all the jonathan price fans out there you are seen and heard and heard yeah but uh yeah so then that period of, of time uh there was like the original hairspray with michelle yeah, oh is michelle Pfeiffer oh. in that one? no debbie harry no debbie harry debbie harry and divine as uh tracy's mom stacy's mom i don't know who's my no, tracy's mom is played by a man yeah but divine played Oh, sorry, I thought we were talking about Debbie Harry still. No. But but then the remake of Hairspray. Oh, it's so good. Michelle Pfeiffer. John Travolta. Nikki Blonsky. Um James Marston. James James Marston does right. If I if you don't take anything away from this, get on Spotify, go on the Hairspray soundtrack and listen to It's Hairspray. James Marston does the best riff ever done in musical theatre history. It is, it is beautiful. It's right at the end, so you have to listen to the whole song. Can but you it's so it? good. No. No. Nope. <laughs> Joe, it's so good that it's 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 unattainable by humans. 
Yeah, but it's got John Travolta and drag. Oh, and John Travolta is so good in it. It's he like, walks so weirdly. I don't know that he's good, but it's so, so weird. That it's that it's excellent. That you're it's like, got um, oh, Christopher Walken in. Like, why is Christopher Walken does? in it? But, okay, before we... I don't know. I, I guess now we're just talking about musicals that we like, which I guess is fine, but... Yeah. Um, I was going to say, Nikki Blonsky, shout out to... Gives, <laughs> give the big girl <laughs> some shouts. She, Nikki Blonsky is amazing in that movie. Like... She yeah. knew she was like, this is this is the, the peak, and I'm gonna absolutely just deliver the best performance you've ever seen in a movie musical. The director said take five and she had save lives. <laughs> Change lives. Kill? No. Kill like, everyone. She I think Sorry. Th- Zach Efron is in that. How did I yes, forget? He is. He is. Oh, Zach Efron's so good in it as well. When I anyway, first saw on. when I first saw Hesper, I really I was like, this movie is doing too much. Like it's but okay, because it, I just thought it's like it's about racism, it's about body being positivity fat. and being poor, dot dot dot. And yeah. And I was like, it's too much. But then I, I think I watched it again quite recently and it's it's so good. Mm-hmm. It is so good. Also religious trauma, Penny and her mum. Yeah. Yeah. What if when he sees me? Show not to waitress. Oh, you haven't even seen waitress. I have not seen waitress. Is that I have seen waitress. It's, it's uh, waitress. It was originally a film, but it wasn't a musical, and then they turned it into a musical. Oh, yeah. What's the song? Let's from talk about Hairspray? that. What's the song Nine to Five. Hairspray? They did that. A song from Hairspray. Yeah. Good morning, Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah. Um. Without love. Oh, you can't stop the beat. That's the famous one. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can't stop the stop ocean. The beat. The ocean. The ocean in the sky. Yeah. Uh what else is a good musical? Greece? Greece is an excellent musical. Greece will think, stand the test of time. I think mm, I think Greece might be my favorite. Yeah. I like Greece because it is for all audiences. As a child, I didn't know that Rizzo was maybe pregnant. Yeah, it's like it goes yeah. over your head. It's like completely, perfect, it's just gone. Perfect wavelengths to whatever yeah. audience is watching it. It's it's just excellent. Everything about that. And it's good while being realistic. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's what not like mean? a fantasy musical. Like comparing to The Wizard of Oz, as we've spoken about. Mm-hmm. It's not massive sets and it's not all this like magic and stuff they do a big dance scene because they're at a dance do you know what i mean oh born yeah the hand jive baby baby is just that's an incredible scene yeah cha-cha de goria and the best dancer at saint bernadette's with the worst reputation yeah yeah that's probably a musical beer gets referenced uh, a lot in our family. I feel you're a fake and a phony, and I wish I'd never laid eyes on you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Also, can we shout out the school? Yeah. Mm. Can we shout out Clamity Jane briefly? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't if see you that watch... for like. I didn't see that for a while. I think I was like mid-teens when I saw that. Yeah. 
if it was on Disney Plus, it would have a like pre-warning saying like this is culturally offensive now. Um it was culturally offensive then. We're sorry, yeah, but excellent musical. It is it's like uh yeah. It yeah, I mean it's racist to indigenous people. Yeah. Uh and I always like I feel like sometimes it's like two competing feminist opinions the whole movie. Yeah. But it is very good. It is so good though. Nonetheless. Yeah. I am a big fan. Also Doris Day. Doris Day turns the Partina in everything. Yeah, she there's nothing she can't do. Rest in peace, Doris Day. What is it about musicals that you like like so much? Is it just the singing and the dancing? Or is it something um, more than that? I just think there's something about singing and dancing that really moves a person. Especially yeah. when you see a, like a musical on the stage. Yeah. Like, as well as being like completely taken into that world, you're like, these people are so talented. Like they're doing this twice a day. Yeah. Seven days a week. And it's flawless every time. Yeah. Yeah. I just big props to the musical theatre workers. You're all amazing. Yeah. Anyone want a name? Um oh god, I'm on the spot now. Uh well, Broadway styles. I'm a big fan of Sutton Foster. She was in the Gilmore Girls a year in the life. She was. She was. Um, if that floats your boat. Um, she's a very talented lady. She can sing, she can dance, she can act. She is what you would call a triple threat. Yeah. I'm not going to shout anyone else out because I'm a bit scared that I will leave someone out and then annoy myself. Okay. That's fine. Let's think of another musical to briefly talk about. Well, I recently saw Moulin Rouge in, yeah. in London Town. Sorry, that was really bad. Yeah, I imagine that it was good on the stage. Because I hated so... the movie. Joe, the movie is so good. No, I've previously if... said on this podcast that I hate. But yeah, I really don't like Baz Luhrmann's directing. Maybe Baz Luhrmann doesn't like you, though. Do you ever think about that? Well, that's okay. Mutual respect. There is disrespect. no mutual respect there if you're both mutual saying disrespect. you don't like each other. <laughs> mutual disrespect. Um, I believe that... I, I do somewhat agree with you, because it is a bit... The film's a bit all over the place. And I don't know why you and McGregor's in it. I'm sorry. I'm. I just. I don't. I don't he's like. He's just him. like. He's just a, like. He's he's good when he's good and he's bad when he's bad. That's like. And in that he's really bad. It's confusing. He is. He confuses me because like Big Fish, for example. Oh, excellent. Film that mean you love uh, very much. Big Fish is actually musical. Just so you know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's great in that. He is, but is then again, it's just an excellent film. It is an excellent film. No one in that is bad. True. Danny DeVito is in it. Oh, Aldo Bonham Carter plays three characters. Yeah. Miley Cyrus is in it. Is she? Yeah, at the beginning. Like, uh, uh, when they're going into the house in the beginning of the film, uh, she's like part of the the group that are going at the witch's house, and then when uh, uh, George or whatever he's called, what's he called? Season's death. Huh? Huh? The main character in Big Fish, what's he called? I have no idea. I haven't seen it in a long time. 
Edward. Edward Bloom. Edward Bloom. Yeah, before he's like, I'm going to go in. And then she goes, Edward, don't. And that's her only line. Miley Cyrus. Mm-hmm. Did not know that. Also a great uh, singer performer. It's okay. Uh, this this conversation has been absolutely wild. It's been like yeah. two second conversations. Uh, so a thing that's like uh, people musicals sort of fell off the wagon, right? Yeah. But Disney was like, okay, we have a market here, like animated musicals. Yeah. We do it well. People like it. And this was in like the 50s to the 2010s. But uh, then obviously Disney was like, okay, we have this monopoly on this. And then they started to produce a lot of like straight to TV musicals. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these were sort of like Cinderella 2, Mulan oh, 2. Oh, God. And I haven't seen any of those films. Me neither. Although I, I'm interested in seeing the Mulan one. Because it sounds fun. Yeah, and also Pocahontas too. She's like in England and I'm like, do you not remember what happened? Like, don't make it, don't make a film out of that. You're making it like they're making it worse than already. Yeah. <laughs> than already lying about the true story of Pocahontas. And then they're like, anyway. and then she went to England and she was really happy. And like nothing bad happened to her. Yeah, in that one I think John Smith dies. And then she gets like what? a new a new boyfriend called like John something. Smith John or something in, in England. <laughs> John Smith. Literally. I literally think that his name is the same. Uh, Pocahontas is very good. Da, da, da. Pocahontas is very good. Colors of the Wind. I don't know if that won an award, but it should. Retroactively. I think it might have. It was on it was on a musical radio station the other day, and I was like, yeah, this is this is it's a good so musical song. Good. Uh yes. But then a new wave of musicals came kind of in between 2000 and 2010 mm-hmm. through the style of Disney Channel produced media. And that's Camp Rock. Excellent. Something else Actually, that I'm forgetting. I've never seen Camp Rock. Sorry. Me neither. Don't care. Sorry. Jonas Brothers, I don't care. Um, yeah, that's Demi, fair enough. Demi Lovato. Anyway. But yeah. then we got the absolute gift of High School Musical 1, 2, and 3. Oh my god. Let's I just don't it. think anything has ever topped it. I Like... I, I have no words. It's just, like, it's silly how good it is. Yeah. It's, so, I would, it's, it's stupid how good it is. I would argue that each one is better than the last, so I find yeah, oh one God, quite yeah. boring. I don't really remember any of the songs from the first one, but like, I mean, wh- whoever did wrote the songs for those films, just like, give them something, a gift, an award, yeah. money, something. Like it, it should have won the, an Oscar. Let's be honest. The, the second film start like sec- starting with fabulous, amazing. Who wrote? You that? ask Who... any person like our age, and they will sing the entire thing for you because. It's so good. I just, it's it's again like the, the writer was heard cut and, yeah, made just the best song. Like I I just remember listening to that and being like, what is this? Like you're watching this. It's a, a it's a teenager, kind of yeah. semi low budget movie. Like the first one did great, so the second one is a bit more money. But then, like bet on it, 
Oh, Fabulous. So good. Also, Trisha Paytas's version of Bat on it. Even better. Yeah. But then, High School Musical 3. High School Musical My- 3, as unironically, I, I think that if I was ma- made to l- make like a top 10 musicals, yeah. I would probably have that as like number eight or nine, honestly, out of like yeah. all my favorite musicals. It is so good. It's offensively it, good. There is not one bad song in that movie. And like the production and the set design and the character design and the performance of all the characters. I know. And you know what the development of them as actors from the first one to the last one? Yeah. They Incredible. really perfected the roles and. What's the actress oh. who plays Chopin called? Ashley Tisdale. Ashley Tisdale is just, she does it all. She really does it all. She sings, she, she dances, she acts. She wants it all and she does it all. I want it all. I want it, you know that I want, you want it. it. So yeah, this is the fun fact I'll say before you interrupted me because you didn't want me to talk about High School Musical too soon. Um, oh yeah. So in the first one, Zac Efron does not sing at all. Yeah. It's all dubbed oh, by someone else free. and um oh my god i've forgotten her name who plays gabriella gabriella uh Vanessa Hudgens sings some of it but then when things get too hard they dubbed her but she has a but she has a wonderful voice, voice. Oh. oh she's oh <laughs> she's been a musical show she was in hesbury live she played rizzo yeah, I just, it's like... Uh, she, it's squeaky. It's like a development of a voice. You hear that, like, now she's very good. But Yeah. Because she was in a Tick, Tick, Boom, which I didn't see, but... She was in Tick, Tick, Boom. She was good in that. And she's a good singer, but I, I feel like she has a very... It's nasally. Very nasally. It is nasally. It's quite childlike, in my opinion. Chai. Chai. Right now I can hold. Anyway, so then the second oh. and the third film, they let them sing. And... Just as they should have been. They should have let the girls do what they should have did. It's so, yeah. It's so good. Okay. And then from there, Zac Efron went to do Hairspray, The Greatest Showman. This is the greatest show, except it's not because I don't like that movie. Oh. (laughs) Mum loves that film. She does love it. Yeah. Shout out, Mum. Shout out to Jilly Willy. She's so fun. Yeah. Okay, so I thought that the last musical that we could talk, because I think that we could just keep doing this again and again, because we've just been going crazy for musicals that we like. Guys, comment and down you- below if you want a part two. <laughs> Remember to like and subscribe. <laughs> and comment down below. If uh, you want part two musicals. Should they Turn on your notifications. Yes, that is the only <laughs> answer is yes. Uh, is there any other... Before we talk about the last musical, maybe you know which one it is. Which is there any any other ones that you want to shout out? Any anything you want to talk about? I was going to briefly mention Hamilton, unless that's the one you were going to talk about. I would. I never want to talk about Hamilton. Okay, so Hamilton was created in 2016, <laughs> and it is about the founding father Alexander Hamilton, no. and it is by the the scary man who is Lin Manuel Miranda. Um, if we disregard him, even though he did cast himself as the main role, it is a very, I would say it changed the face of musicals. It is a rap hip hop musical, 
which when you first hear that okay joe you can't roll your eyes because you have not seen it okay i have seen it and i don't like it right have you seen it on stage though no Probably won't like shut it. up anyway it's so good you would think it would be terrible which is what my mum thought when i told her i wanted to go see it and then we saw it and she cried the entire second act <laughs> and then as we were leaving the actors were standing at the door taking donations to charity and she grabbed the arm of one of the actors tears rolling down her face and said thank you so much that's how much wow. the musical had an impact on her wow it is so good and also fun fact they don't cast um white people in the musical well yeah like it's it's exclusive for uh POC. I don't know how to say this without being POC. People of colour, yes. It's exclusive mm-hmm. for them. Um, which I think is lovely for a musical about the American Fun Fathers. Because obviously that time, very whitewashed on purpose, because yeah. you know, bad things going on then. Yeah. And except I Jonathan Groth. Except Jonathan Groth, because he plays the King of England. Yeah. And spits everywhere. Last in the world. Can I just tell you right now that the day what? I found out that Jonathan Groth was gay, I cried. Like actual tears. And this was quite recently. I would say it was about two years ago. The day that I found out that Jonathan Groff was not married to Leah Michelle, I was surprised and shocked. Do you like the conspiracy theory that he's actually the father of her baby? Yeah. Yeah, I believe it's true. I'm going to have to have you back on because I feel like we need to talk about Glee. Oh <gasps> yeah, we but, do. But um, I'm afraid that we don't have time for it now. We don't have time for it because we. I mean, we have barely talked about the Wizard of Oz, but that's fine. Uh, that's fine. There's not much to talk about. It's there's munchkins and witches. It's just good. Mm-hmm. It's just good. Like just watch you it. Want? You'll enjoy it. It's yeah. a good Sunday film. It's a Sunday yeah. afternoon film. Yeah, like Oliver. Oh. We didn't even oh, talk about Oliver. Love Oliver. Shout out Oliver. To Oliver. Exclamation point. Yeah. And it has an intermission in the film. I love that. It is so yeah. long, though. It is long. It is. It needs the intermission. The intermission is like three seconds long in the film, but you can pause it and go do your thing. Get some ice cream as you would in the theater. Bullseye. Bullseye. She will go, Fagin. She will go, Fagin. Anyway. I don't know who plays Nancy in that film. I have to find out if Birkin Film Club have ever shown Oliver because I need to talk about it. Yeah, you have to show Oliver. It's a fine life. It's a fine life. Love. Okay. I was actually in Oliver in school. Yeah. Just just put out there. And I did, did sing a solo. Play? So I played a character called Mrs. Bedwin, who uh, looked after Oliver when he lived with the rich man. Oh, yeah. And after the intermission, I sang the first verse of Where is Love to Oliver as he woke up. Would you like to recreate it right now? Where is love? Okay. Thank you. So, Wizard of Oz, huge impact, blah, blah, blah. It is, yes. uh, I briefly mentioned that it's based on like, an extensive series of books. Yes. Which is just lots of different stories. It's kind of, it's, which I think a lot of people don't know, it's kind of like Alice in Wonderland in that way, that it's yes. just like, oh, Dorothy is back in Oz. Oops! Like, oh no, oh no! Something, another bad thing happened in Oz, and now Dorothy has to go and fix it. One of the ones that I read is called Glinda of Oz, and uh, Dorothy ends up back there because she just walks too far into a field, gets lost, and then she 
is just back there. So it oh. it's I've read I think I've read three or four of them and they're they're good and they're not very long as well. I know all of mm-hmm. our attention spans are dead right now, but yeah. TikTok. But from the huge impact of oh. The Wizard of Oz came probably the most famous musical, maybe. Yes. I, I would argue yes. Of our time. Wicked! No one mourns the wicked. Yeah. Never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and he loves it. No, Wicked yeah. is amazing. I think the, my only discrepancy with Wicked is that, you know how you have Disney adults? Yeah. I would say there are musical theater adults who are obsessed with Wicked and it's unhealthy. People yeah. who see Wicked don't just see Wicked once. You see it over and over again. And I'm going to say that because me and my mum did that. We like saw it multiple times. I actually saw Wicked on Broadway. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I saw the original cast of Matilda the Musical on Broadway. And yeah, I didn't I, like it. Because I hate children in musicals. But Whoopi Goldberg was in it. Goldberg was in it. Who? Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, sorry. I thought you said Rufus Goldberg. You want to kiss my butt? I don't know what you're referencing. Ghost? I've only seen Ghost once. I saw the Ghost. Ghost, another musical. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, it, it's all just like coming together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, but Wicked. Wicked is a prequel, I guess, uh, an yes. invented prequel to The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it doesn't really line up very well, but. No. It it is it's it's more of a prequel to um the books I would say than mm. the musical The Wizard of yep. Oz, yeah. Um, I actually have the novel Wicked, and I haven't read it. So is it official? Yes, oh. I think it, I think the musical is based on the book. Really? Or the other way around. Either way. I don't think it's. I don't think it was a book. I have a, I have a book of it. Yeah, yeah, but it. It, it's like when when like uh oh what am i saying like star wars has books you know what i mean defying gravity so the book came out in 1995 so okay so <laughs> it's not it's not why because musical the book... came out in 2003 yep yeah, but the it's based off the book. Oh, I'm confusing myself. I was like saying original books, as in like the ones that were written in no, no, 1900s. no, Wick, Wicked the novel. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, synopsis. So it's a fan Wicked... fiction. No. Okay. Wicked um follows the life of Alphaba, who is the Wicked Witch of the West, and mm. um, she's born green. So straight away, she's an outsider, obviously. Um, she's actually born green because her mum has an affair. Anyway, that's a whole different story. She with has Shrek. a sister. Not with Shrek. Okay. She has a sister who ends up being the Wicked Witch of the East. At this point, they're just young school girls. They go to a boarding school. She meets her roommate, who turns out to be... Garlinda. Garlinda, also known as Glinda. Um, it then kind of follows Alphaba's life 
up until she becomes up until the beginning of the Wizard of Oz and then kind of overlaps the Wizard of Oz towards the end. Okay. Like it it ends with her being melted. Oh. Yeah. That's like but, part two. No. Okay. <laughs> like it ends where the Wizard of Oz ends, but you don't see like Dorothy or anything, do you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen has... Chenoweth. Kristen Chenoweth and Indina Menzel. Yes. And probably For... the best musical recording mm, yeah. ever. Yeah. And funny, um, they like forced Indina Menzel to do the big note at the end of Divine Gravity, which I'm sure Joe will do for you in a minute. And it made her like wreck her vocal cords because even when she had yeah. laryngitis, they were like, you'll do it. So if you go on YouTube and you search like Define Gravity riff through the ears of Indina Menzel, you can like hear her slowly like get worse and worse because her voice is just wrecked from doing it. <clears throat> now over to Joe to demonstrate the note I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously if Joe did that like twice twice a day for like months on end, he would be fine because he has a beautiful buttery voice, but it wrecked into Demonzel. I think I do do it every day, honestly. Just oh, like, I do it a lot, yeah. So if I was, I'm just walking around the house like whoa. Ooh, whoa. <laughs> Can I just add that it is a lot higher <laughs> and a lot is harder it... to do? Yeah. I don't hear it as high. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and now... they're making it into yeah. a movie musical. Which is why it's, it's re- relevant to this podcast. Relevant. It's gonna be it's gonna be a film. Um starring Arena Arena Grande. <laughs> Arena Ganindi. Yeah. And Cynthia. Kristen Chenoweth. Kristen Chenoweth is not in the film. Oh, she should be. Uh, uh, Wait, what was. Oh, what's her name? I was, I just said her name and I've already forgotten it. Cynthia Arrivo. Cynthia Arrivo. Yeah. Um, Cynthia Arrivo is playing um, Elphaba and. Bailey. Kristen Jonathan Chenoweth. Bailey from. Michael, Michelle Bridgerton. Yeoh. Bo Michelle Yeo. Yeah. Yeah, what? she uh Oh, wait. I'm going to try and show you a picture. She plays like uh cuz they recently just showed what her costume looked like. Is she playing Mrs What's her name? Madame Morible. Madame Yeah. She's one of the teachers. But uh people were saying that her costume looks like a final boss in a video game. Nice. But that she still looks good. Is she a good singer? Is she? I've never heard her sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Ariana Grande, uh, there's a lot of negative uh, chatter around her being Glinda because they were like, you can't have a pop star be Glinda because she's going to be like, uh, yeah. let us be him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Wizard of Oz. Anyway, um, like, but we often forget that Ariana Grande used to be in musicals when she was younger. Joe, yeah. he's pulled his sleeves down over his hands. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she was in a musical called 13 when she was 13. Mm. So she can sing. And she is quite a good soprano. And she was in Victorious. And she was a bit, So I think she's more than qualified. However, um, 
However, yes, yes, we lost on our our collective favorite actress, Amanda Seyfried. Yeah, could have been Glinda, and I like Ariana Grande will be amazing because she's an amazing vocalist. Yes, but Amanda Seyfried, she you can't just... say you don't like Lemes. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because I was just gonna say, like, uh, it just left my mind that like. I don't like Les Mis, but Anne Hathaway is incredible. Mm-hmm. And Amanda Seyfried and the very few songs that she sings. Beautiful. Yes. <gasps> Mamma Mia? Oh, what? Oh, so, oh, we have to stop. <laughs> can't just... We'll do another one on Mamma Mia, it's fine. Oh, God. Um. Anyway, Wicked the film. They. Yeah. It's going to be in two parts, which has been... I don't, I don't think it's been taken very well by the general public. I think that it doesn't need to be. But no. It the first... next... Does it come out this year? I don't know. It's going to be in Act 1 and Act 2, but it's going to be two separate films that are going to be released very far apart. I don't know why. Maybe... But they're doing a really good job. I, I saw some like secret photos and the set looks amazing. Shh, don't tell anyone. Um, they planted like I think it was like nine thousand tulips to make a field instead of using CGI. So I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna look amazing. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Did it need to be a film? No, because I remember talking to you about this like ages ago. Mm-hmm. That I said that like I will probably never get to see it on stage. Yeah. I wish it was a film, and then you said to me that it like, it doesn't, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. It don't work like that. It don't no, work. I just a film. It's just sometimes I just think keep a musical a musical on the stage. It doesn't need yeah. to be a film. Like Matilda. Like Matilda. Although I do kind of want to watch it. No, don't. I I won't. The original Matilda though. It's so good. Hmm. Yeah. I might put that in my recommendations actually. Matilda. This week. Yeah, I didn't I uh, didn't talk about it, but I will. Can I um put in a recommendation just for Harry Styles? Okay. Yep, thank you. <laughs> Anything specific to Harry Styles? Um no, nah, just just Harry. Because I already talked about not liking Don't Worry Darling. I like Don't Worry Darling. I didn't like my police fan, but I like Don't Worry Darling. I just it was but I'm I'm not a film geek so well I don't think I'm a film geek either I just thought it was like you don't really have a podcast about films yeah but it made me geek this podcast is for everyone oh that I felt like don't worry darling was like here's the plot twist and then it was like two seconds later but this is the plot twist remember the plot twist that happened do you remember should we explain it again I was like Okay. Yeah, but I'm not really like 100% in the brain, so that was quite helpful for me. And there was too many music. Too many musics. Too many oh, I love the soundtrack. It was too, it was like, just like, do, 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 song, 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 song. It was, it was too much. Give me a break. And, and Harry Styles should have sang more in it. Darling, I'm with you all, with the, time. You all the time. That's Florence Pugh singing. Yeah. Can we just talk about Florence Pugh for a second? <laughs> Shall we just close on how I look like Emma Watson? And I look like Mia Goth. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> thank you. 
thanks for being on Daisy it's been Thank a pleasure to me. have my own sister I feel like, listen to the podcast yeah on, I feel like this has been like a terrible it's just us having a like really hectic conversation about musicals and that's what that's it, what podcasting's about yeah this might be hot to follow if you're not like on our wavelength but you know but yeah because we like have the same brain yeah and we think the same thoughts so it's very easy for us to understand what each other is saying yeah so if you don't know what's going on it's okay you're just not cool okay yeah well thanks for coming on thanks for having me bye bye well 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 another successful podcast episode it was so fun having daisy on uh yeah it's uh i'm sorry if that conversation was literally crazy it's just uh when you're having the same exact thoughts as another person then i think it's very easy to just make a conversation go five thousand kilometers an hour so yeah but it was so fun definitely the longest episode that we've done so far so thanks for sticking around if you did (laughs) um Next week, we are doing Midsommar. Very excited. Anyone who's gone through a heartbreak recently is going to love this episode. We're going to talk about, should is, uh, you know, killing your ex, is that good? Is it productive behavior? But nonetheless, another great episode. Very happy. Um, and let's do some Letterboxd reviews while, while I'm here, because... I don't think, you know, I don't even know what I'm doing with this section. Like, I ask Ingrid and Mamina to collect these and then I don't even read them sometimes. Does that make me a bad person? Definitely. My personal review of The Wizard of Oz is that it's just like a magical, wonderful, good time. And I would give it five stars if I was to watch it again. So there's a lot of uh, zero star reviews on this, actually. We have by Hannah W10. I pray I never have to see any part of this film ever again. Completely terrifying. Not one character I like. Should be classed as a horror movie. Every time someone mentions this film, I start shaking like a dog taking a shit. From Leon. I can't stand this fucking movie. It feels like being forced to do things with your parents. I get it's a classic, but like, man. Ben says, scariest movie all time. Poff says, fuck them for how they treated Miss Garland very true. Some five-star reviews from James Shafrillis. Yeah, it was good, but no Phineas and Ferb season two, episode 56, Wizard of Odd. From Wes, a Kansas Hawk girl unlearns her homophobia with the help of three gay cosplayers as she goes on a killing spree to stop Anne Coulter from kidnapping her dog. This movie tenderized me and I'm in love with life again. From Tony, yes, my crush on the scarecrow remains unhinged and unchanged and I'm still ashamed of it to this day. And from Feet Dante from DMC series, Glinda is fucking savage. Well, that's that. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'll catch you next week, I hope. This has been The Real Thing. I'm Angel Lawrence. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. This has been a Bergen Film Club production. Our music is by Wise John. Check them out on Instagram at WISE John Official. Our logo is by Pierre Sophia Brentesen. This episode was produced, mixed, and engineered by Joel Lawrence. Our researchers are Inke Schilfgaibern and Mamina Nazmajit. Want to talk to us about films? Then please send us an email at podcast at bergenfilmclub.com. 
Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at TheRealThingPod. Check us out on Letterboxd at BFKTheRealThing. Thank you and goodbye. Listen, follow, leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts.